Well, hello, everyone. Hello. There's cookies going around someplace oh, yeah. right there. Oh, they're right here. They're going to stay right here, too. Okay. <laughs> Fight Stan if you... Did you guys get a cookie over there? Uh, he's got his mouth full, so I'm guessing... <laughs> I figured that. if yes. we're making you guys sit through finances, we should probably feed you well, so... <laughs> So you're probably here because you saw the picture of us on Instagram and wanted to see how you grew one of those. Danny will be giving a tutorial later on the mullet. How did you achieve that feather mullet look? Well, it's about your finances and how to mull it over. All right. Okay, so I'm um, Dan, Danny. Um, actually, let's start with a word of prayer here. Um, God, thank you for this time together, for Colin's message this morning, which all of us enter after church, um, for the opportunity to meet. We pray that you would um, work through what we're about to say to address some issues that folks may have or may have in the future, um, and you would bless this time. Amen. Okay, so I'm um, Dan, Danny, depending on who you know me through. Um, we've been going to this church for... Um, about 17 years, um, and I'm involved um, in um, food bank. Come on in, grab a cookie on your way in. Um, involved also in food grab bank. one of those blue sheets right there, yeah. In the food bank on Saturdays and Sundays, and um, um, I'm an usher, you've probably seen me kind of seating you. And I'm Mindy, and we have four kids, Ansley, I'm better known here as Ansley's mom. Yeah, probably. actually, I'm better known as Lene's brother, probably, to the folks on this side of, Since this side of the room. in their small group. <laughs> uh, and so we have four kids, Ansley, and our son, Seth, is at school down in California. And then we have twin 12-year-old boys. So, And is that all? Oh, I normally, during this service, I'm teaching Sunday school, the kindergarten through third grade. So, like... Some people will do anything to get out of teaching, even talking about finances, right? To get out of teaching Sunday school, so. Okay, so we have some good news and we have some bad news for you today, all right? So the, we'll start with the good news, right? We'll always start with the good news. We are not here to uh, get you into a multi-level marketing scheme <laughs> where we tell, you have to tell 10 of your friends about our wonderful product, right? So that's the good news. Uh, but the bad news is that if you're here for a get-rich-quick scheme, you're also not in the right room. <laughs> so that is the bad news. The, those of you who are in Linnea and Roland's small group at a different time, ask Roland about a time when he made a multi-level marketing uh, joke with a group like, <laughs> like this, but we won't, we won't go into that <laughs> now. But next small group, ask him about that. All right, um, so finances um, can be um, one of the biggest strains um, in marriage. If you haven't yet experienced that, it's because you've been married either less than a week or maybe you're a trust fund baby. Um, you've only been married for like how long, Kate? Uh, 30 well, one day, one, one, one month and one day. <laughs> one month and one day. Have you, put you on the spot, have you had any disagreements over money yet? Um, I think no. Okay, good. That's good. All right, so I'm going to change my talking. Conversations. Conversations. Okay, there you go. Conversations. But throw, Ansley and AJ said that they, I could throw them under the bus, but they said on their honeymoon, probably the only thing that even came close to an argument was 
over finances. So, and it was a small thing, but you know, just the, it obviously was going to cause troubles. Oh, um, everyone agree that that can be a source of strain in a in a marriage. Um, so. I'll give you just a little bit of history about kind of where we came from and our backgrounds. I was a doctor's daughter, so I kind of grew up not having to think about money really in that way. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say that they don't, I don't think they have these anymore, but do you remember you used to go to the gas station and you could go to like, they would fill in your gas for you, or you would go and you would self-serve or full serve, right? That, that, that's not a thing anymore, uh, at least not in Washington. But I didn't, I used to just go in and go to full serve. I didn't even know that there was a price difference of those two. It just didn't, I never even crossed my mind to think about it. That's what I saw my parents do. So I just drove right into that lane. And then when we, when we got to know each other, he looked at me and, why do you go into the full service? <laughs> I don't know. So we were sort of, and he came from a very conservative financial family, a banker, a banker's idea of money and taking care of money very conservative budget type of a family. So you could see that we were ripe for problems in this area. So our very first month of marriage. Now, fortunately, Danny, in his, he has had wisdom in this area. We did set up a budget. And so we put together our budget and we had our everything all categorized and I was ready to go. I'm a math teacher, so I, I like a, a good number budget spreadsheet kind of thing. Well, they didn't have spreadsheets in those days really. It was just you wrote it out. Um, and so I was excited. We had our budget, and we had this thing on our budget called personal money, right? And personal money on the budget is money that I didn't really, we didn't have to necessarily account to each other for. We could spend it on whatever we wanted to. And I had $15 a month for my personal money. So, this, and then, you know, back then, back a long time 30 ago. Plus 30 ago. plus years ago. It wasn't, a, I didn't, I wasn't begrudging that. That was, that seemed like a fair amount, $15 a month. So our first uh, week, I, I think of being on this budget and being back, I maybe even our first weekend, I had a friend there and we went out to dinner and I spent all of my $15 <laughs> the very first day of the month or whatever. And of course it's personal money, right? I don't have to account to what he did. But when I came home and he, we were talking and he's like, you spend all of your money on the first day. And this led us into a very, our, our first very big argument over money and personal money and that kind of thing. And I didn't have to account for him. And he was really, it came from fear that I was going to be just like, then the next weekend asking for an advance on my allowance, <laughs> which I did not. I understood the budget. And if I spent it all the first day of the month, then I didn't have $15 to spend for the rest of the month. So anyway, that led to our first, and honestly we have, because we have a budget, we did not have very, we haven't had big major conflicts over money, but it's really because, I'll just give all the credit to you, because we were really set up for failure in this topic. And uh, because we kind of followed some of these principles, it really helped, it's really helped not make us a horror story, kind of, but more of the hopeful story in that. But that's how we started out our conversation. Right. So all money conflict I submit to you um, boils down to two things. 
um, one person wanting to spend more, all their money, personal money, in one weekend. I mean, how crazy is that? Um, I put it into a no-load mutual fund. It's now worth three million dollars. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, I do have more than fifteen dollars now, by the way, in case you're, in case you're worried. Yeah, so, <laughs> money conflict boils down to two things. Um, one is one person wants to spend more, one person wants to spend less, or um, maybe you're both spenders and one person wanting to spend money on this and the other person wanting to spend um, money on that. Um, so we want to explore a little bit. Um, in fact, we're going to need to pull that thing forward, but we can't move. Do they really like the little it's fluff, actually not fluffy a thing? Camera, it's no, it's just a yeah. mic. So. We're going to explore. This is um, a high-class whiteboard, too. So. Yes. Actually, keep it back. All right. So um, why do we spend money? I'm a teacher, by the way. She's so a teacher, which is why she's doing the, this. The you can probably out. perhaps hear the teacher voice coming out in the <laughs> um, Raise your hands, everybody. No. Um, okay. Um, so why do we spend, throw out some things, why do we spend money on things other than basic needs? Not not why do not groceries, but why do you spend money on things other than basic needs? Okay, fun, fun, good. Mm -hmm. Future, Just, well. future. Emergency. Future. Giving. Not what not what we spend money on, but why do we spend Emergency, money? Emergency. Uh, happiness. Security. I heard happy. Security would be future. Okay. Peer pressure. Convenience over here. Stress. Stress? Mm -hmm. Any others? <laughs> yeah, I think we kind of. All right. Um, what about, because it's what everybody else is doing? And that might even be peer pressure. That might fall under peer sure. pressure. Um, let's see. We had, yeah, approval. Yep, yep. Happiness. Mm -hmm. Yep, happy. Um, what about fun? Yeah, just enjoying the money you make. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, what are some reasons why you wouldn't spend money? You wouldn't spend money. This is sort of a his and hers question for us. <laughs> <laughs> You're saving for something specific. Okay. Like discipline. You don't have it. You don't have it. <laughs> what? what? What kind of crazy attitude is that? That's when they make credit cards. Right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Kick right? him out of our classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Any other? Why don't we spend money? Fear. 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 Not having it. Yeah. Fear of the future. All right, good. Um, okay, we passed out some blue um, pages, and let's explore. We did our own little study here of what does the Bible have to say about money. We're no theologians, um, but these were um, a bunch of passages that we'll read together now, and then we'll kind of, we kind of grouped them. We thought that um, basically what in our research and study maybe four different categories of things that the Bible says about money. Um, so 
we'll just read a verse at a time. If you don't like to read, English is your second language. Whatever. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> start us off. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 10.4. A wise man saves for future Proverbs 21.20. All hard, all hard work leads to profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 14.23. <laughs> all right. What do I, who wants to, those three verses, we've got to fill in, kind of like we were Jim or Colin at the, at the top there. Who wants to? And by the way, since she's a teacher, she she there's it needs to be a, no, it doesn't need to be alliteration. But the answer is my it has to be alliteration. alliteration. <laughs> you don't have to give me it to me in alliteration. Who who wants to summarize the first couple of a general principle from those first? Hard work. Hard work. Yep. Being smart with what your hard work brings. Okay. Also, Good. Somewhere, also, somewhere, I don't remember the reference of it. Uh, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah. What is it in an alliteration? So if you're going to alliterate that, and you can fill in the blank, right? Desire diligence. And what does that mean? One L. I'm a math teacher, not a spelling teacher. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and desiring diligence really just means exactly what you guys said is work hard and plan. So that's kind of the first principle that we came up with. All right, let's go on to the next one. Kate. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their joy in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. First Timothy 6, 17. For, excuse me, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6, 21. Um, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves their wealth is never satisfied with their income. And I do not know the city. Ecclesiastes, that's a hard one, yeah. Ecclesiastes. Um, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. First Timothy 6.10. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13.5. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Matthew 6.24. Who wants to pull out a general principle of those four or five verses? Well, I was going to say, having like an eternal mindset, so thinking more about, more, thinking about more than just um, where we're living now Seek out Jesus. Danger of loving money. Any others? Then I'll give you the, the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually the way you guys said it is better than what I had. This was the one that I struggled with the most for the alliteration. But I did say put your hope hope in hope in heaven. Mm -hmm. 
right? Put your hope in heaven and put your hope and your love only in God, which is really how, exactly how you guys said it. Putting your hope in the eternal. All right, next group of verses. We're at Rachel or Brittany or Bethany. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> your own niece. You can't get married. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. First Timothy 6, 16. Thanks, Gabe. All right. <laughs> I said thanks, Gabe. <laughs> Summary. General principle there. teacher right there. <laughs> Any other? Oh, Susanna, right there. Any, any others? What? Okay. Oh, another alliteration. Mm -hmm. Another teacher in the room. Good. Yeah, and we also kind of, if you look back up toward the Hebrews, the, the, the second to last bullet, we didn't repeat that verse, but it also says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. So that also could kind of fit into that category too, but I actually like yours better. I had crave contentment, but I actually think Christ, it didn't start with the verb, right? So, you know, crave contentment. Crave contentment. But I like Christ-like contentment better. Uh -huh. Bud. Uh, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she has to live on. Mark 12, 41 through 45. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, and while you cross, Proverbs 3 9. General first. Give to God first. Give to God first. Give generously. That's it. Prize winner! <laughs> <laughs> that actually is what we what Two I Two G's. Give. <laughs> Generously. <laughs> All right. Danny questioned whether that's alliteration, if it's a g and a j, but we went with it anyway. So. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So all of um, well, just money and finances are basically just surface representation of of deeper things, right? I mean, money by itself. You know, that verse often gets misquoted, you know, money is the root of all evil. It doesn't actually say that, right? It says the love of money is the root of all evil because money is just the paper thing with some numbers on it, ideally with lots of zeros, but just numbers <laughs> and, and um, presidents on it. Um, so um, take, a, take a minute if you're here with a, with a spouse, um, take, or if you're not, it doesn't matter. 
um, take a couple minutes and look at those four, um, the four principles and kind of score yourself however you want. How are you doing with how you spend money, how you view money, how you save money, how you don't save money with what the four biblical principles that the Bible had. Um, desire diligence, work hard and have a plan, um, hope in heaven, crave contentment, and give generously. So maybe just kind of talk together about maybe which one you do well or maybe which one you struggle with the most of those. We'll just give you a couple minutes. We'll turn on the background music. <laughs> yeah, you can talk. <laughs> Four years after. I know. Yeah. I didn't know your husband was cheaper than mine. <laughs> it's my brother. <laughs> All right. So your first homework assignment is to um, pick one of these things and talk it over with your other half. If you're here with another half, and see how you can. Um, improve on one of these areas, two of these areas, or whatever, as a as a couple. Um, okay, so all of that is great at the thirty thousand foot level, right? You know, broad broad principles. But let's tie that back in to um, this: how money can create strain and conflict that we did at the beginning. With what does the Bible say? Because ideally, right, the Bible forms our daily lives and how we live, how we act, how we spend money, how we don't spend money. Um, so let's make it practical. And Mindy, once again, is going to go to the, the board. Um, so actually, what we want to do is, I'm going to move back here. What we want to, nah, nah, nah. What we want to do is tie the, um, what we view as why we spend money with what the Bible said about it. So fun, I have it. Um, 
I have it. I can. S I actually have it, as opposed to what Jim said, because I don't have it. He's not here. Um, <coughs> what biblical principle would that? Is spending money for fun a bad thing? No. All right. Um, which principle would that fit in? I'm not 100 percent sure which principle that would fit in. I, I need to move that I, Okay. I, I think when we had talked about it, we had talked that that was kind of that kind of fall into that contentment piece too. Is that I think that's kind of the one that we had yeah. talked. So we're just kind of trying to put these into categories of how we can kind of apply that into this per, into into those biblical principles that we were talking about. For like for example, um, I think sometimes, and I would guess that if I were going to pull most of the married couples. Everybody wants to spend more money on fun, right? And so that could be a real suck of money and, and even a source of conflict as to how we spend the money on that too. So uh, it's kind of important to have that mindset of, of being content, even, even in, if we're, we don't have enough to do as many fun things as we want. Yep. Okay. Um, future security, that was both, that was more of a, um, why not spend money, I think. What biblical principle discusses that? Desired, uh, usual one, right? Desired yeah. diligence? It, yep, could be desired diligence. You could also make the case for hope in heaven, too. I mean, the laying up of your treasures. Um, happy and fun, it's kind of the same thing. Peer pressure, which, which um, set of verses pertain to spending money because of peer pressure? Peer pressure could be, by the way, keeping up with the Joneses, is that still a phrase? Keeping up with the Joneses, um, because everybody else has a fill in, fill in the blank. Um, it could also be like that awkward when you're going out to dinner with a group of people and you have a budget for entertainment and somebody says, oh, let's just split the bill evenly four ways, you know, four ways you're with these couples and you're like, but you just ordered like three times as much, you know, that, that feeling like, ah, I've got to, I got to rather, you know, maybe just saying, oh, we'll, we'll just take a separate check. You know, that's so awkward. That's that weird tension. Like, how do you do that? If you have a budget and you want to fit in there and you don't want to be that couple that, you know, doesn't spend their $15. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so peer pressure, keeping up with the Joneses, um, what biblical principle pertains to that? I think you could make a case for both. Like if well, we're getting our esteem from the Lord, then we're not feeling pressured to keep up with other people. Yep, I think it's both of them. Um, all right, uh, convenience. Um, I'm not sure if there's a biblical passage. Well, that I kind of thought that as we were sort of, well, we had talked about that lack of a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, usually when we're getting something for convenience, it's lack because we, have Ooh, we haven't good, really good, planned good. ahead. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, stress. Stress, that, we had not thought about that one. Um, all right, stress, what biblical principle would that pertain to? I think you could 
Okay. Um, saving, that was presumably said in a positive manner. Um, but some of these are positive, some of these are negative. Which one does that pertain to? Yeah, the Proverbs, all the Proverbs one, having a, having a plan. There's, there's probably about 40 other verses from Proverbs that would have fit within that category. Um, don't have it, fear. And, and not having or discipline, maybe in a positive way you have discipline to save, or maybe oh, it could yeah, also yeah, go yeah. In, a Sorry, in a lack of discipline where you have a hard time not spending. Yeah. So what? Which one does discipline pertain to? Diligence. Yep, yep. Working hard, having a plan. And last. It could also go, I think you could make a case for contentment too, because usually when we have a hard time not spending something, it's because we're not content with what we have. And <laughs> Jim's, I don't have it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Didn't think about that one either. All right, which one of those does that, that go into? I would say diligence, work hard, have a plan. If you have a plan, which is I have a plan to spend the money I have and not the money I don't have. Um, and fear, last one. Don't have, don't spend it because of fear of the future. Open heaven. Yeah. Open heaven. Yep. I think that's, I think that's right. All right, so what we've just talked about is the basis for the practical stuff that we want to talk about next. Um, so we don't have time. Does anybody know who Dave Ramsey is? The, everybody on the younger side, the guy who's on the radio offering, offering financial ad advice. It was my dream job, but they didn't. <laughs> call me for Nobody reason. did the Dan Buller Financial Peace University. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish we had, because we would be multimillionaires by now. I think now. I read the guy's worth like you know, sixty million dollars. Yeah, I know. Dang it. Um, okay, but I mean, we used to um, we used to do the class at, here at the church. It's like eight weeks long, and there's probably about two or three weeks worth of uh, worth of stuff. And for whatever reason, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of extraneous stuff, but um, if we won't, and we won't have time to get into the details in, a, in an hour class, but if you, when we're done here, if you want to um, flag us down after this or next Sunday or the Sunday after that and talk about the specifics of your financial situation and the stuff that we're, the practical stuff we're about to do, let us know. We'll invite you over for dinner. We'll sit down all evening and, and chat with that. We actually did that with Katie and Gabe here a little while ago, part one. Um, so let us know if you want to do that. Okay, but I'll make cookies for you. <laughs> and dinner. It might be Mexican. And dinner, yeah. It will um, definitely be Mexican, yeah. Um, Did you budget for that? That's right, $15. Okay, so but we're going to go into the, the specific, some of the specifics, just sort of an overview um, of um, where we would go if, if you want to get more details. Is it? Am I blocking you off? Cause a little bit, but I've already heard all of your stuff. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, okay, step one um, is a proper view of money, which um, we submit to you is on the little blue cards in front of you, which are card stock for you to hang on your fridge. 
Um, money is a tool. Um, it's neither good or bad. It's something to be careful with. It can become a god. It can become the focus, but it's just a tool. Um, on the other hand, the Bible talks a lot in Proverbs about working hard and having a plan. Um, so that is step one, the proper view of money. Step two um, is developing that plan. Um, basically, any accomplishment in life um, requires a plan, a purposeful, intentional um, approach. I mean, you can think about just about anything. Sports, if you're in the people, I think I read once that the Michael Jordans, I'm dating myself, um, who's the modern basketball star. The Michael Jordans of the world, the, the, the folks that are exceedingly good practice, it was either 10,000 or 20,000 hours but between before they, they reach you know, a high level. Nobody's gonna practice $20,000, well, I mean, whatever. Um, so money, um, think music for those who are really good. It's um, a purposeful, intentional approach. Your job, hobbies. Um, I would even say that Kind of, it kind of really goes back to what Roland and Lene talked about week one. You have a plan to read the Bible together, to study the word together. It doesn't, it will not just happen. It will not just happen. And then you guys talked last week about serving each other and, you know, considering the other better than yourselves. And that definitely doesn't just happen without a plan. So really this finances talk, you could insert the last two weeks and have that same thing. You have there, it just has to have a plan. I was listening to this podcast yesterday and I thought, oh man, I wish everybody could listen to this podcast because it, it just talks about the sanctification. It's just a lifelong process and there are no shortcuts. You plant, you know, it's the kind of a garden theme. You plant and you wait and you water and you work and, and then you see fruit and result later. But it is, there are just, like I said at the beginning, it's just not a get-rich-quick scheme. There are no shortcuts in, in developing a plan. And any useful plan requires effort over time, um, and usually a, a lot of time. You know, again, think um, sports, think music, think your job, etc. If um, on again, off again, on again, off again doesn't really work, it's got to be consistent over a long time. So what, when we talk about finances, what is a plan called? What's the name of a plan? Oh yeah, say it. It's the B word. <laughs> uh, uh, so what comes to mind when you think about budgeting? Limits. Limits. Security. 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 There you go. Possibly. What a plant. <laughs> <laughs> what else? You can feel restricted. Restrictive. Fifteen dollars <laughs> What else? Other words of one I heard one good thing. What did you say? Security. Security. Organized. There you go. Organized. All right. Um, well wait, this isn't it's beyond the scope of this um, meeting to go into budget like you would do in a in a Dave Ramsey class and if you wanted to chat with us and have us or have us over for dinner, you could do that. Um, we have you over for dinner. We can, we can go into the specifics of your budget and, and um, help you with that using the biblical principles that are on the blue sheets. We, we enjoy, I mean, we like to do that. We like to help people that, in that way, so. But a budget is one of the greatest tools to, to, to pull into your daily practical life, the verses that are in front of you. 
It's also one of the greatest ways to diffuse um, financial conflict, if you, if you think about it. If you sat down as a couple, or even if you're, you're doing this by yourself, it doesn't have to be as a couple, and you've made the major decisions about how you're gonna spend money, what you're gonna, where you're gonna put your money to, the potential for conflict <coughs> is just reduced because you've already decided for entertainment, you're gonna, I don't wanna, for personal money, you're gonna have $15 <laughs> a month, and she can spend her $15 a month however she wants. For and whenever I want in the month. Yeah, okay, this want is and, um, we really have resolved this conflict. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for entertainment, I mean, a lot of categories obviously are, you know, you don't have a whole lot of choice um, in, but, um, you know, for entertainment, you know, we're gonna spend, a I'm making this up, I have no idea. You're gonna spend $100 a month, so, you know, if you decide that you're going to go um, skiing and that costs $200 a month, then you have to decide. Are we, I'm, this skiing is a dumb example, but you're either going to, that's next month's spending money, or you need to increase your budget, which means you're gonna take money from, from over here. So those conflicts are, are, are eliminated, not eliminated totally, but um, because you've made those decisions um, up front. Um, so what does, um, what does that look like? With a budget, you decide how much you're gonna allow yourself for categories, giving, savings, food, what else? Okay, just real quick, I just kind of want to summarize a whole bunch of things. Um, I'm thinking stewardship, is that, I mean to me that seems like the, I do my budget, you know, what it is, and um, you know, it becomes something that's not just um, planned, but it, it becomes something more like something that God has given us, and so we're responsible for stewarding it. And and I was going to say that I heard these were you know the negative words always come out when we think about budget, but for us it was re for me it was freeing because I knew how much I had uh, to spend, and 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 I could you know we, I could live within those means because we had decided that ahead of time, and it wasn't like every time. I went ga to get gas, I didn't have to think, should I go to the full serve or shall I go to the, well, that was never an option <laughs> after we were married, but, well, after I realized, <laughs> but it was, it was like, oh, okay, so this is what we're, this is what we're going to do, which is exactly stewarding what, what, what God has given us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, you, you know, your, your different categories, uh, giving and savings and food and utilities and housing and health and entertainment and miscellaneous and, and personal money. Um, the budget is a tool um, you use to control your money uh, so that it doesn't control you and to develop your joint priorities um, so that you aren't debating those with everything. Sort of like a constitution, you know, it's kind of like the broad principles, but the constitution doesn't, you know, inform every last, I don't think we pay attention to the constitution in this country anymore <laughs> anyways, but if we did pay attention to the constitution, it's the broad principles that um, inform your, your, um, your daily spending um, habits. Okay, step three is implementing the plan. Um, living by the budget you've developed, adjusting as necessary. It takes a few months to dial in, um, but once you have the budget dialed in, you can work on the next steps. And this is what, if, if any of you are interested in more, we would talk about in some more detail. Um, um, the, uh, the next steps are, there's, Dave Ramsey calls them baby steps. Um, some of them aren't so baby as you'll see here in a second. Um, 
but step one is, uh, yeah, um, step one is an, the start of an emergency fund. There's always going to be those. I got um, hit and my insurance deductible is $500. Where is that $500 going to come from? Um, this is your next step. Um, <laughs> step two, um, focus on debts, the debt snowball. Um, the reason that's important, you want to give your money not to the bank, but have it available for you to do for more productive purposes than give it to the bank. And can I inter interject? Yeah. Um, you know, he calls it the debt snowball because um, what, what he would say, Dave Ramsey is the he, he would say you pay off your smallest credit card first because then you're like, ooh, I, I, made, a, I made a little progress. And I think the one, the one cool thing about Dave Ramsey is that there's lots of incremental celebrations that you do. So it's not just like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. But you start with your budget and then you start attacking that emergency, you know, that first thing is the getting some money in, uh, for emergency. So that when something comes up, you don't have to put it on your credit card and go into debt and just spiral down and down. But, you know, we've had people literally in our FPU classes who get so excited about these steps. We had one couple, they were like, they went home and they literally started going through their house and selling things to get to their emergency fund. They were like, she was finding things and then, and then I sold our extra couch and I got $500 and, and they were just like, so it, it was, and then you kind of celebrate it. You know, like that's so cool. They got their emergency fund. And then they went to the next step, which was the debt snowball. And then we've had people who have taken our class who have later texted us. They didn't even go to our church and they came in and took the class and they texted us like, a month or year, maybe no, not a month. A actually, year this later, guy came to this one. Right. He actually came to church. Yeah, that's right. Specifically to track us down to say that they had completed the, um, their debt snowball. They paid off all their debts, so they were so so excited because of that. So it's kind of like these little mini steps that you can like very tangible and and you, you have the, the, these little mini celebrations along the way. We paid off our first credit card. We paid off our car. We paid off, you know, the da-da-da-da. So that's kind of the principle behind Dave Ramsey. And so just so as we're, just to give you a little context, we're giving you a super overview of these just so you kind of have an idea of the direction we would take you if we, if we were to meet with you and kind of go over this. Step three is completing an emergency fund. The, the goal is having three to six months of living expenses in case one of you lost your job or was out sick and didn't have sick leave. Um, step four, saving for retirement. Step five, and this is why calling it a baby step seems a little ridiculous, paying off your house. How is that a baby step in any scenario? Um, but those it's are- a big, big baby. <laughs> big, baby, baby step. Okay, so the, the, details for, the details for all that are for another time. Again, let us know if you wanna, if you wanna meet there. That, that there, um, is the overview, and, and uh, those of you on the sort of segregated by age, those of you on this side, with the exception of you, you're not quite as young as the people <laughs> left and right. Um, you, just <laughs> you just look young. Um, <laughs> the, that's the overview. I mean, you all are in a great time to, to start, because most of the time the people who are taking our FPU class are, you know, our age, um, in which case you're, you know, you have a, a 
a few more strikes against As you. As a math sorry, teacher, sorry. I will tell you, you have the power of exponential growth on your side. So yeah, <laughs> exponential growth will work for you in this case. Um, okay, but so yeah, so there's, there's that's, uh, our hope here is um, threefold. One is um, to, actually twofold. Um, one is to point out um, what does the Bible say about money? What's a proper view of money? And two is to give you kind of a taste for what you can do, especially if you're younger, but even if you're older, um, what you can do, what it would look like to take control of your money so that um, your money doesn't control you. Um, so what's the, what's the purpose of it all? Um, it's not to get rich. Um, as she said at the beginning, we had no quick get rich quick, quick get. Rich. Get rich quick. Themes. Because um, rich people have as much problems as poor people. In our FPU classes, it's all, all ranges of incomes. And um, there really is no difference between the people making $100,000 a year and people making $40,000. They're all, they all have the same attitude towards money, some of the incorrect attitudes there. It doesn't make any difference. The, um, and it's kind of funny, you, if you've ever bought a house, you know that you always think, ah, if I just had $25,000 more, I could get into the range. And it doesn't matter if you're starting at, you know, a $200,000 house, if you had $25,000 more, or a $750,000 house, you know, it's always like, oh, if I just had just a little bit more, it would be. Yep, so rich, poor, it doesn't matter. Um, and then, of course, it's not about getting rich because we saw those verses that the Bible has a dim view of focusing. The love of money um, is the root of all sorts of evil. The purpose of what we're talking about here um, is to think of and handle your money in a God-honoring way such that it's not a source of conflict in your marriage and you aren't one of the horror stories. Um, that is the end of our prepared comments, but... Now we want to have a little Q&A. Maya, right on, jump right in. What, have you had any times where you, which again, at this point in your marriage, I'm sure you have maybe a fund for this or something, but where you wanted to be really generous with someone, but it was not in your budget, and what did you do in that situation? Good one. It is easier at this stage in life than, <laughs> than at your stage in life. Well, the money's got to come from some place, um, so something takes, um, you know, something takes a hit for for a month. I guess the first step, obviously, that um, falls well within one of the biblical principle number four. So you're you're on track, you're on track there. The second step is making sure you two are in agreement, because there's always going to be one person who's more generous with money or time or whatever than the other person. So two of you have got to be on the same page and maybe you know maybe you want to give a thousand dollars to the guys at, at the at camp hope and maybe spud's not so sure that that's such a grand use so that's gotta that's gotta yeah and so maybe you know he says well you know now don't we give a hundred dollars to the union gospel mission instead of um i don't want to stray into the politics of that um, <laughs> but, but and then and then you know what and and where's that going to come from um where's that so I would say yes, um, that it does need to come from, from your budget. And so you get creative. You sell your couch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but and you know, she maybe said $500 for a couch. I don't remember anybody selling a couch. I, I just made that up. I didn't, I didn't know. 
Yeah, I know. It wasn't fun. I don't. They were actually selling funnier things than that, but I couldn't remember. It was like they literally went through stuff in their basement and they were selling it. It was funny. Uh, but I would say, like, maybe that month you're like, for the next three months, I'm going to give up my personal money and I'm going to. Yeah, that's important to me because I really want that. So I'm going to sacrifice something for that I would want. Or as a couple, we don't. We're going to give up our entertainment this this week. And I mean, just knowing you, I already know you're so generous with your time. So, you know, that costs you nothing, maybe. I mean, it does, but, yes, it, but. it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> Both of you are so generous with your time. So, you know, maybe that's what you're like, this is where we love to serve. We want to be generous in this way, but right now all we can do is this. And, and maybe, that, maybe that's a budget item for you guys that you put into your budget. We want, it, we want to be this, and so we want to build that in. We know that this is going to happen a lot, so we're going to put in. $50 a month or whatever it is um, that you can kind of start that as a line item budget but that's a, I mean that's a great problem to have it's a great question So if I give you money, you're not going to spend it on yourself. It's amazing. Well, he's going to buy a cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything left over after the cardigan fund. <laughs> Why do people use credit cards? Get a credit score. Credit score. What? Get a credit score. Get a credit score. Cash back. Cash back. Get points and cash back. Get points and cash back. Spend money you don't have. Spend money you don't have. I mean, that's the ultimate reason. 
Dave Ramsey makes you cut up your credit, oh, he doesn't make you, but he has a big ceremony where they actually cut up your credit cards. We're not quite as hardcore against credit cards unless you're not, unless you're not disciplined enough to pay them off. We, 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 we use credit cards, but we pay them off at the end of the month. And we would not put something on a credit card that we could not pay off at the end of the month. So that's just kind of a... The danger of the, danger of the cash back, if, if the danger of the cash back and the, the points is most credit cards are either one or at most 1.5% back. So if you're spending a thousand bucks, you're getting at most $15 back, maybe $10. Um, and the credit card companies know um, that they're not giving anything. I mean, it's just ridiculous. At, at most, you're gonna spend, let's say, $5,000 on a credit card. So five times 15, at most you're gonna get $75 back. That's, a, that's not even a rounding error. It's a lot of months um, of personal money. <laughs> <laughs> um, the problem is, if, and if you can pay it off every, every month, it's no big deal to use your credit card. You miss that one time, you miss that one time, and that $75 that you would have just gotten is gone because the interest and the penalties for missing it um, and the credit card companies know that, um, which is why they're happy to give you points because everybody uses it and goes, right on, I'm gonna get $75. And, and you know, the vast majority of people are gonna pay hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in interest. So if you have any, um, any issue with, you know, I'm, I might not do this, just cut them up until you're are more disciplined with your money later in life, or maybe, or maybe never. I mean, you kinda have to have a, a credit card if you want to reserve a, a um, rental car or, or something like that. But as a general rule, yeah, it's not worth the 75 bucks you might get at the end of the year. Probably shouldn't use credit cards. I was thinking about uh, a budget buster and vacations. And the whole psychology when you're on vacation, it's like you buy stuff you would never buy if you were at home. And obviously you're spending more money because you're not at home. But most of us, I don't think we we don't budget for vacations. It just we spend it when we go there. So that's a like a big credit card hit, I think. Yeah. Yep. And that's I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say it's important that you guys talk about what you're. You can't spend all of the money that you want to spend and have any left over or save any and do do all that kind of stuff. So you know, come up with your priorities as a couple and see what it is that you want to. Um, what it is that you want to do for fun. For us, we, we value our family vacations. So that's been one thing that we definitely build into our budget is money put set aside for vacation because that's really important. We don't eat, like we, we literally are eating out as we go to Taco Bell, you know. We, we don't order off of the expense, our kids know, what do they say? Look at the, look at the bottom left side of the menu. <laughs> they know, they don't just go and, and order what they want. They do, you know, the, Where's that dollar section or the cheap section? That's how we go out. And we, we don't go out a ton and we do it like as a special occasion. Like it's so I don't have to cook. I mean, we, we, we go out once a week, I should say. But we don't go out to Chili's once a week and order, you know. <laughs> Chili's is your nice restaurant. But I'm just saying, for us, we do fast. We do cheap because the goal is that we're spending time together. We're not, I don't have to cook or clean. And so that's our, that's our kind of how we do eating out. That's, we're very content to do that so that we're both on the same page. Some of you are like, 
you're not taking me to Taco Bell and counting that as a date. I'm like, take me to Taco Bell and count that as a date. Absolutely. So, but then we'll spend a little bit more on vacations. And that's, that's part of how we budget our fun money. So you guys have to decide as a couple, where does that fun money get spent? How does it get spent? Is it worth it to, you know, to cut back on these regular things so that you can celebrate a little bit and splurge? We still don't. When we vacation, we still don't, like, you know, buy all the soup. I've never come back with a sombrero, you know, from Mexico, but, you know, that kind of thing, so. And, and it, isn't the, it isn't the venue or forum, but we have all sorts of little suggestions for how you can, you know, save here and, and save there. Just, I mean, Roger just did it. When we go out to eat, the going out is, is the fun part. We don't view the going out, this is just one example, we don't view the going out as, oh, well, as long as we're going to go out, let's spend hundred dollars I and mean, we'd rather go out and spend twenty dollars and go out four times than spend you know eighty dollars and go out once everybody can decide how they want to do it same thing with vacation we've budgeted for a vacation once we have that budget then we I research what's the nicest possible vacation we can go on for this amount of um, um, for this amount of money we've talked about that <laughs> um, so no. Okay. Right. I was just going to encourage Maya and say oh, yeah. just like that's a very honorable goal yes. to use your finances for. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I know a couple that actually sought out promotions and such at work because they wanted to be so much more generous in their life in general. And I just thought that's such a cool thing because we should desire that. That's a really honorable to desire to yeah. want to do well at your job. So that's cool. I have a question if you guys, do you have any other questions? What about um, college and college age kids and uh, young adult kids and just like the different stages of life in terms of your finances with how your kids are growing? Are you talking about paying for college or what's the? Just like, did you have some strategies in preparing your kids for college or preparing them to kind of be out in the world more or? Um, you know, I don't know how things might have changed for your family and your budget as your kids were getting older. You know, I guess they, I mean, your kids are older to not quite as old. Um, um, <laughs> it's, so we have, no, actually, we have, um, modeling is, is an amazing thing, is an amazing thing. We have a friend from, um, that I grew up with in California, so he's not here. Um, and um, they make a ton of money and spend every last dime um, and cannot figure out why their um, kids at Ansley's age are in debt tens of thousands of dollars because, um, you know, just, I mean, we trained them, and yes, you did train them with your mouth, but then they watched mom and dad um, every dime that came in also um, went out. So um, modeling is... And, yeah, it is. And Dave Ramsey would say he has part of his steps are to think about college and, and setting aside money for college. We, I think, and this isn't really the place for it, but we have maybe a little different view of spending a lot of money on college that we don't necessarily have a high value on sending kids to expensive schools when Eastern is great, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but that's a different conversation and, and different people have different priorities on that. But 
Um, so I don't know if that answers enough of your question, yeah, but no, that's kind of, is a good yeah. Just, you don't always let your kids know a lot about finances well, and actually, what's going on. And so that's maybe a, getting them a little bit as they're getting older involved. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I think Aunt Danny's proudest moment as a parent was when Ansley presented her spreadsheet, <laughs> her budget spreadsheet as a young adult. It's like, that's Did my job is to. Did you try in your budgeting to make it so that your, your kids didn't end up with any college debt? Um, well, it, it's a little bit more complicated. Yes, yes. But it's a little bit more complicated yes, than that. Um, Dave Ramsey has a step that we don't actually buy, which is um, saving well, let's not go there. Well, we can talk about that later. Um, yes, but that was coupled with um, multiple years of communicating to the kids when they were, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, that um, you're, we're not going to participate in you going to a private school because it has a beautiful campus in, you know, New Hampshire. Um, you don't want to do that because you don't want to be, you know, it doesn't mean anything to tell a 17-year-old you, you don't want to be in, in debt, but you end up having to tell them, even though it doesn't mean anything to them, um, you don't want to be in debt. So it was, it was, we had as the goal for them not to be in debt, but that had everything to do with helping them, guide them to um, the, a proper college choice so that they didn't saddle themselves because they don't know what being $60,000 in, in debt means. Um, Please. Yes. Um, I think that they also did a really nice job providing incentives because debt meant nothing to a 17-year-old, but I'm going to pay for your college if you do go to this school. Did mean something. So, and I think you did that all throughout our childhood, like when we would work, you know, do household. We didn't get an allowance necessarily, but occasionally he'd pay us what two dollars an hour. Fifteen dollars a month <laughs> for something, um, and he would say. Savings oh, the bank of dad is what he calls yes. Yeah. He would match, I don't know, give us like an interest or something like that. Well, so it's it an obscene amount of interest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like you're making two dollars an hour. <laughs> but it felt like um, the the concepts of like debt and savings are way out of league for a you know twelve year old. But what is not out of line, out of league, is I'm going to give you this money now if you do this. So that I think was really. We also encouraged um, Eastern, and the way we encouraged Eastern was Running Start, because once you're in Running Start and you're, your first couple years of Eastern, chances are you're gonna wanna stay, and then we went actually one step further, which is if you stay and live at home the last two years, which has a dual purpose. One is it saves money. Two is it helps launch the kid. We've, we've had a number of friends who sent isn't a rule, but sent their kids off to fancy schools in, in California and the kids went off the deep end. Um, but having the kids stay at home with us where you can bounce off when the college professor is saying crazy stuff and you know they come home at dinner and they say, oh, you know, we learned that you know we all came from monkeys, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, really? Does that, you know, what, does that sound like what the Bible says? But um, and the re and the way we incentivize that is we said if you stay and live at home with us during college, we'll buy you a car when you are done. Um, so it wasn't a nice car. For the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a car. It was a good incentive, though. <laughs> Thank you. Any other questions? I don't know what time do we need to end. Do we have twelve fifteen? Twelve fifteen. Okay. All right. Okay. All right.
any other questions? Because do you think how important do you think that budget is as far as you know if you're thinking about having you know, the wife stay at home when you have kids and you know it seems from all that seems around us it seems like at least we're told or that we need two incomes. Um, We would uh, we would always encourage a couple to build um, build their budget on the on one income, um, and you know just because that was a value for us was me staying home, so uh, so that would be a, a very important thing, uh, you know, to us that that we would to to do that, and yes, I I mean I th I think it's tough when you look at the price of of a starter house these days. It's really tough for a young couple on one income to get into a house, and, and that's an unfortunate side effect. So we would say don't buy into the lie that you need two incomes to make it work. So, and, and that requires a lot more sacrifice. Yep. That depends on what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. You had a question? I have a question that you should be asking. <laughs> what do you do when you disagree about something? Like, let's say you just you disagree on how to spend the money. You, they're just you can't. You you want this, you want that, and and we can't come to an agreement. She said yesterday that she kind of planted this, and and we thought of the example. What if what if one of you? This is a dumb example. Fill in your own example. What if one of you wants to get a um, a camper? Um, and you know whatever, filling your own example. You want to get a camper, and it's thirty thousand um, dollars. Who knows? Um, and it's such a good investment because you know it's family time, and we're building. I mean, we're not spending money; we're saving money. We're investing. Don't have to stay in hotels then, right? We're, so we're, we're saving. We're investing. Um, we're investing in our family, and one um, one of you is gung ho about it. And one of you is, yeah, I don't know, but that means I gotta cook and you know, go sleep in the dirt. Um, we're not campers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you, what do you, what do you do there? No, I'm asking you that. Okay, question. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I, I submit to you, um, um, for any of those, the camper's a stupid example. You're going back to what's the motivation to spend. The money, and and you know that makes it sound like oh you know everything's a bad motivation. You know no, there's lots of good motivations to spend money. What's the and you know having a good family time is is a is a great thing. Although I submit that most people who have campers use it like four times a year, but that's a dumb example. Um, so but so you're checking your motivation. So the one person, let's say I want to do it. You know she's you know what's the motivation? Well you know um, you know well it's for family time. Um, so you you know you're debating it as a couple. Um, um, is this something that we value as a priority? How much are we going to use it? Does it fit which category of biblical principle? Does it violate any of those um, any of those categories? Does it fulfill any of those categories? Um, that's actually the first step. Um, does it violate any of those? Then it's probably out the window. If it's eh, it's not violation, you know we've we've got the money. Like maybe it's not a thirty thousand dollar camper. Maybe it's a three thousand dollar. What was the example we came up Peloton. with? Peloton. Peloton. It's a three three thousand dollar Peloton. Well, okay. Um, does it, well, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay healthy, so it doesn't 
It doesn't violate any biblical principles. Um, all right, well, are we going to agree to that? Well, are, does it fit? Can you make it fit within your budget? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's only like $79 a month for the next 20 years. You know, I can, I can, we can well, That's make just it. for the Peloton. Then you have to get the monthly subscription. Yes. <laughs> There's all of that. Can you make it fit in your budget? If you make it fit in your budget, what are you sacrificing? Because there's a limited amount of money you have. Every dollar you spend is a dollar you're not going to spend on something else. Whether and even savings is spending on something else. It's spending on your retirement. Is it what? It, what are you cutting out of your budget to make it work? Is that the best use of seventy-nine dollars plus forty-nine dollars a month? I have no idea. How much does Peloton's monthly subscription cost? Anybody know? Good, you've all made a wise decision. <laughs> if they that. did, they're not going to say it right now. <laughs> um, can you, okay, doesn't violate any princi biblical principles. Can it fit within your budget? What if it can fit within your budget? But what if one of, what if one of you says, that is just a stupid use of money because you can go to the club, you can go jog, we can buy a, a treadmill for $700 instead of $3,000 with a monthly subscription. What about, doesn't violate any biblical principles? You can make it fit in your budget, you know, it's a little question about what you're going to, but one of you just doesn't want to, just thinks it's a dumb idea, then what? Then you go back to Stan and Lori's talk, <laughs> <laughs> and you listen to that again, <laughs> about serving each other and. Yep, we don't, we, there should be a number that you guys have that you don't spend without getting the approval of the other. Whatever that number is for you guys, you know, maybe it's $50, maybe it's $200, whatever the number is, um, it should be substantially less than $3,000 um, Peloton, did I say? And so if you just can't get there because one of you says, I just, sorry, I just, I just don't think that's a great number, you don't get it. You don't get it. Um, I know. <laughs> the irony is your wallet. <laughs> Breaking my wallet. Here. And I think there are sometimes where you're at an impulse that you impasse, where you seek out counsel. Um, an older godly couple in your life, like, can you help us work through this? And can we talk about it with you out loud just to try to come where we're stuck? That's great. And can we, can we talk about it? That's great. Something that helped Max and I was just talking to each other and communicating with each other about things that we liked and wanted to do together and <laughs> kind of common goals so that when we had money to spend, it was like we had something to draw on, like it'd be super fun to go to Hawaii or super fun to go to Oregon or, <laughs> or let's buy scooters or I don't know what it is, but communicating and keeping open communication or gosh, we bought those scooters and it's, we don't use them and we should just sell them. Like, just Communicating together, I know that's hard to do sometimes because you want to dream on your own, but dreaming together on future really helps. It's that's super important. It's a good way to say point. it. Dreaming together about the future. That's a great yeah. point. That's, that's good because there is, hopefully, we all will have money, entertainment, fund, vacation fund, whatever, that you, you I mean, you want to build in some of that money for fun and enjoy enjoy what you're, the fruits of your labor. Yeah, mean, like right, exactly. Dropping a big bomb of, yeah. I want to sell the Peloton to your spouse that loves it is mm -hmm. a really difficult thing to deal with. But if you are talking about it in the process, then it's not such a bomb in your lap when it when somebody right. really wants something else. And so. don't hear us that say, if you you know, we think Peloton is bad. I mean, if you have, it's in your budget. If, if it's not violating, you're both agreement. 
get, you know, buy two pellets. Our boat was super fun, and, you know, we bought it in cash, but it was not, we weren't using it. Mm -hmm. And our kids weren't into it, and we didn't go out, you know, and we loved it. We wanted to hang on to it. We hung on to it for another year, and then it was hard to sell. And it just got to be one of those things where we were like, what did we do? But we kind of talked about it through the process, Mm -hmm. and it made it so that we were together on it. Every, every choice we had to make, we were together on it mm-hmm. instead of fighting That's through good. the whole process. That's so. good. It's tricky when you, and it's trickier when one person is there, I want to yeah. sell it, and the other person isn't yet. But, so you're right. You have to, I mean, you just have to work through those things. And, and going back to you, what you said is to, you know, pull in somebody to help even mediate Patience. that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Quick question about mechanics. Do you have multiple budgets? Do you have multiple accounts? How do you work through that? I didn't follow that. Well, we have just like a one overall budget, you know, that we do. We have the categories. Mm-hmm. Um, She's got her checking account. I've got my checking account. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just have. Like that. Yeah. That's no, kind of no, we just. No, it's all one. Yeah. No, 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 no. We it's, don't. No, 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 no. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all one. Um, no, there. Uh, um, I think it, uh, going back to that, like if you're if you're out living on one salary, I think one thing that caused a little bit of stress when we were first married, and I and you know I had I was not working when our kids were little, is that there was this I would say uh, I think I think we should get this, and he'd be and his gut reaction might be be like, well that's easy for you to say, you're not you know you're not working for that, or you know, and obviously he didn't say those words to me, but you know, and, and, but that was there is a feeling like well wait a second. I worked for that, you know, or now that I have, I work part-time as a teacher, um, I'm, I might say, well, I worked for that. I can do that. You know, take, I, sometimes in my weaker moments, I'll say, well, just take it out of my salary, <laughs> you know, as if that it's not the same thing. So, she says you know, that mostly jokingly. I, I do say it mostly jokingly, but I'll take that, I'll take that out of my salary. Um, so, but we do combine it as one, one budget, um, one sort of a spreadsheet that we have and, which it is. It, is it, it did present um, a growing opportunity for both of us um, when um, when the kids were way younger, and she she works part time now. Um, when the kids weren't, when she wasn't working at all, the growing opportunity for me was um, that um, it, we are married. The money is combined. The two become one, right? And so it's not my money. It's our money. Um, and so, and that took me a little, a little while. I, mean, I remember having a conversation about some deck thing, and she said, "Oh, I think it's worth it." And I literally said to her, "I don't know how you can say it's worth it because I'm working for it," which was a totally inappropriate um, thing to say. But the growing opportunity for her was to um, realize that every dollar—and this is a this is a great lesson—every dollar you spend represents time that you or she or whoever is not going to be doing something you want to do, assuming that your goal in life is to do something other than you know, work for the man. Um, so her growing opportunity was to rep- realize that that represented more time for me. My opportunity, growth opportunity was that it's joint money, it's not my money anymore when we signed on the dotted line of the marriage certificate. How has your guys' like, cooperation and kind of trust with your finances just affected your marriage as a whole? I, I have 
I have leaned into what he knows a lot and because that's his expertise. And so for me, I just have a huge trust that he's taking care of me, of our family, of us. And that's huge. I, I mean, it gives me such an admiration and respect. So I, I would say it, you know, it, it has helped. And again, because of the background I came from, I had to sort of choose to step into this more restrictive way of doing things from what I grew up seeing. And yet it was very freeing for us in, in our marriage. And like I said, we really, I mean, we have lots of conversations because he is a little tighter with money than I am. And you know, the, but, but we don't have big, massive arguments or blow ups. So I, I think, I think knowing that he has got it covered, you know, is, is huge. It's it does it does help if the person who is there's nothing you can do about this. It either is or it isn't. But if the person who is tighter with money is um, if one person who's more if one person's laid back and and the person who's laid back is not the person who what am I trying to say here? Um, well, I, I mean, I think what you're trying to say is it, it, it helps that I'm laid back and you're, you're, you know, tighter with my, I mean, so we, yes, our, our dynamics work pretty well together in that way, which is not always the case, but. If the person so. who was laid back was not, and the other person was very, was very spendthrift, you know, spent it, then, you know, there's, there's got to be somebody to kind of restrain things. Because in every marriage, there's going to be one person who wants to spend more and one person who wants to um, spend less, so. And also point out too that just because you don't, if, if you're if you're like we don't really have any financial conflicts, we're both okay with spending a lot, right? Or we don't have any financial, we're both okay with saving a lot. That doesn't necessarily mean we have a godly perspective on money. Sometimes, I mean, I, I would say if we are guilty of anything as a couple, it would be to hoard and to you know to put our hope too much in savings and money and not to think okay how can we give generously how can we think heavenward so you know just because we have don't have the big arguments and we have done pretty well with saving and that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily mean we have the godly um, attitude towards it so we're we work on that too that's a great point All right. Well, thank you all for coming. Roland, you want to close? Do you want to close us in prayer, Roland?